Welcome to the Sacred Feminine Power podcast, where we explore the many facets of feminine power and why it is so important for women and for men to step into this power in our world at this time. This is Emmy from Feminine Revered, and my magical guest for today is Caroline Hauser. Caroline is returning to the podcast, but I'll just give you her bio briefly before we dive into our juicy conversation today. So Caroline is a German-trained naturopathic doctor, humanistic psychotherapist, and family constellations facilitator. She's also the author of the award-winning book, Blossom, Your Seven Steps to Sexual Healing, and the creatrix of the Pleasure IQ and Blissful Marriage Method. Caroline is an internationally recognized speaker and teacher on the subjects of spirituality, relationships, emotional healing, and bonding-based lovemaking. She combines her knowledge about energetic healing and conscious co-creation to help couples go from feeling frustrated, stuck, and disconnected in their intimacy to feeling deeply connected, excited, and fulfilled so that they can feel whole and fully expressed in life and are able to create honeymoon feelings that last. Her work is based on the intersection of cutting-edge intimacy advice and practically applied quantum physics and biology and shows how each individual's authentic and true self is the source of one's own good, a place of unlimited abundance, creativity, courage, and joyful existence. I feel happy just reading this. Welcome, Carolyn. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> you know, it's, you know, it's, um, you know it, it's very much, um, I'm still a student of all of this too, so it's a great reminder. <laughs> beautiful well I'm, I'm so happy to have you back on the show and excited to see where we're going to be diving deeper in in today's yeah. conversation yeah, and thanks for having me absolutely yeah and our our focus today is is really going to be around how to bring peace and harmony to intimate relationships and how to bring desire back naturally no matter what's been going on so I'm I'm super super excited to to learn more from you about this topic, and would love for you to kind of dive straight into this and start telling us about peace and harmony and how to bring that back. Especially, well, let's say that it's been a longer relationship and um, lots of ups and downs, and somehow the spark isn't there anymore. What's your advice around that? Yes. Um, well, first of all, part of um, my own story is that I had struggled tons and tons in relationships. And what I'm going to share with you today is really the result out of, um, well, I'm 44 now, so almost 30 years of, um, you know, the first 20, 25 years struggling and having all kinds of relationships, having relationships where we had great friendship, great companionship, but just no desire for each other, really, or not a lot of attraction. Having passionate attraction, but lots of fighting. Right, and generally, when 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 couples come to me, or when when I look through Facebook groups or other forums, there's kind of three categories of couples that stand out in longer term relationships. There's some that really love each other and have the friendship and the companionship and they have kind of like let go of sex and just accept that that you know let's just have the peace and the friendship we have so much we have such a great life and let's just accept that over time the desire just goes away and 
generally one in the couple has no desire and the other one is either surrendered to the fact that that is so or is still struggling with like okay what where does this leave me that's one scenario and then the other one is um people loving each other but having passionate sex having great sex life and that's what kind of the glue is of their relationship but then otherwise they have a lot of um tumultuous communication they trigger each other a lot um they fight and they argue a lot and then you know it's usually a cycle of like fighting and then making up and then feeling so close again and then something happening again and for some people you know it happens the cycle happens once a week for others it happens once a month but they're constantly on this roller coaster and then the third the third couple and this is what's what science or what research tells us this is the rare couple somehow they find a middle ground and we're talking about couples that are together for longer mm-hmm. they find somehow a way of having both having the the intimate physical attraction and connection and passion for each other but also being really really good friends and so in my own in my own research what i found what i've just found so stunning is that this either or kind of thinking you know it's like either you can have the passion and the love or you can have the companionship and the friendship and that's where most couples get stuck Hmm. When where, where do you think the, that is yeah. coming from, Caroline? That kind of thinking. Where, where do you think it's originating from? Um, you know, I think it's originating from what we see. Right, that's usually what we see. We generally don't have role models or don't see couples. And and like like I said, the the statistics say that thirteen percent only out of uh, out of all long term couples, thirteen percent find this um, having it all kind of scenario. Right. Mm. So I think that because we it's very rare that we see it, that that's just to assume. And then also in our own experiences, right? Like for most of us, and I'm from I know for myself, that was also the experience that it was this either or kind of um scenario happening. And generally when when people are stuck in that scenario, what's out there on the internet is a lot of confusing information, right? Mm. Whether it's about like how to end fighting. And how to bring bring you know communicate better that's generally one area where people are looking and there's tons of strategies and suggestions and techniques but the you know the thing is like when you get triggered they all go out the window window at least that's how it is or how it was for me i don't know how mm-hmm. you but you yeah. know i i invested i don't know how much money in relationship courses and techniques and when it when push comes to shove they're all out the window mm. And then when it comes to bringing the spark back, it's even worse. Like the the ideas or the stuff that gets circulated out there usually helps in the short term, like, you know, opening up your relationship or um, doing more kink, you know, doing more extreme, more kinkier things or doing stuff that you don't normally wouldn't do or having sex in dangerous places or in places where you could get caught or, you know, putting these elements of... Um, thrill into it to 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 bring the spark back and while those work for a short term they do not create what people really want i believe that we all want to just be in love and feel have our sex life be an expression of our love right we want it to feel emotionally connected and physically deeply fulfilling and that seems to be very elusive and most people do not know why i didn't know why 
And just to give a little bit more of my story, in in my second marriage, I was very, very desperate to just find something. It was we were super close and then super volatile at the same time. And I just wanted to find a way to be stable and have that loving feeling that we would have 97% of the time. And a friend of mine gave me a book that introduced me to bonding-based lovemaking or Coretza, what it's what it's also called. And at first I I was kind of shocked and mind boggled because what that book suggested was that both these problems, the not feeling attracted to each other anymore and the being on the roller coaster with each other, both have the same cause. And that cause is not in our upbringing. The cause is not in um, our relating, really. It is in our biochemistry and in our neurochemistry. And it has directly to do with the hormones that are produced um, during sex and specifically during orgasm. And mm -hmm. so basically, you know, what that book said is like, orgasm is not good for you. And at that point, um, my backstory is that I had overcome, you know, sexual trauma and had just finally started to relax into really enjoying pleasure and allowing my partners to pleasure me and not feeling guilty and all that kind of stuff that comes from, you know, overcoming sexual trauma. And I was very much um, promoting that to be an empowered feminine woman, you know, one orgasm a day is amazing. And the more you can receive pleasure and the better you can orgasm, the more empowered you are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then here comes this book <laughs> about like, oh, orgasm is really not that great. And um, luckily, I was desperate enough to give it a chance. And the rest is history. That was about seven years ago. Mm. and um, following the principles in the book and doing my own research and practicing and learning, I have to say now that um, I fully agree with the statement and my life and my relationship and my clients' lives and relationships are so much better uh, since applying these principles. And I want to say when people hear this first, you know, for some of you listening, you might have already felt that when you have an orgasm, you're draining, or you might be in the camp where you've stopped having sex, or you might have gone to menopause and your body doesn't want it anymore. You know, that, that happens. So for, for that group of women, mostly, and some men that also go through something similar to menopause called andropause, they're more open to this concept and, and they've already started feeling that maybe, you know, orgasms aren't that great and maybe they don't feel that well after. Um, but for the other group, the other camp that's really enjoying sex and thinks that like the orgasm is why we have sex, I just want to say to you, keep an open mind um, as we keep talking because it's not like you're taking the orgasm away and not having anything to replace it with. Um, there is actually something that your brain does and that you can teach your brain that will replace an orgasm in... Um, give you a different kind of, a, what we can call it a high, um, that doesn't have all the side effects and the um, negative effects of an orgasm. Mm. Super intriguing. And I know we touched on some of these topics already during our first mm -hmm. interview. Um, that was episode 78 for our listeners who want to, to go back and listen to that in more depth. Uh, but now I'm very, very curious again <laughs> about the, because um, you mentioned that we can trick our brains to to kind of 
get that sense of high without the orgasm. Can you share a little bit more about that? What, what does that mean when we're tricking our brains or training our brains rather to think differently? Yeah. yeah so what what the author of the book found is that we actually have two programs when it comes to being sexually intimate. And these programs, they're subconscious programs, they're survival programs, just like breathing or our digestive programs or, um, you know, our muscle movement and things like that. Um, they are ingrained in our biology and they have to do with the survival. One has to do with the survival of the species, which is sex with orgasm. It's connected to dopamine, which is a, it's a very highly uh, motivating substance in our brain, but also highly addictive. Um, and then the other program that we have is also a deeply ingrained subconscious program in us that uses a different neurochemical cocktail. It uses mainly oxytocin for bonding. So as, as human beings, you know, when we're born, we're so helpless that if, if our mother or some caretaker wouldn't bond to us, we would not survive. And mm -hmm. also taking care of a baby is a lot of work, right? So it goes both ways. Oxytocin makes us fall in love and, and, and start creating a bond. And when we have that chemical bond, we don't mind changing diapers. You know, we don't mind the smell of the poop. We don't mind getting up five times a night. I mean, we, we might feel drained and tired, but we do it out of love. And so nature was very clever to give us this hormonal cocktail with the oxytocin and some others in it so that we would take care of each other and, and protect each other and be deeply bonded with each other. And at the same time, feel good about it, right? Like if we didn't have oxytocin, it would be very hard. And, and for some mothers that happens, right, when they have postpartum depression, the, the, the oxytocin does not get triggered and it's very hard for them to care for the baby and and do everything that's required. So oxytocin is a, a chemical neuro or the bonding cocktail makes us feel very happy, very stable. There is science that shows that when people have puppies, they live 10 years longer. So it's a fountain of youth. It makes us relaxed. It's there's so many benefits to it. You know, I, I could go on and on and on, and especially with the conversation about, or the, the, the images that we're seeing right now is, you know, oct octogenarians and women in their 90s looking like 30 mm. and so forth. Like part of how I got attracted really to the to this method was seeing the author on YouTube. And she was in her 70s at that time, I think, 60s or 70s. And her just being so beautiful and radiant and like, I want this, <laughs> you know, so to tie it in to what's happening currently with... um with this unattainable photoshopped idea of how we need to be looking at, and feeling at 80 um, mm. while it's not attainable with photoshopping. Like when we have oxytocin in our lives and when we live on it, um, we, we can stay actually really young and healthy and creative and full of energy. Um, and the beautiful thing is it's a practice that we can do as a couple and, um, so, so in a way, we're just training our brain away from the dopamine onto the, to the oxytocin. And we do that through using the same cues that uh, a mother and a child or a father and a child or any kind of caregiver and a baby would use. Um, yeah, that's, that, that's a big part of it, which is unconditional love. Right When we unconditionally, like, like just imagine looking at a baby or holding a baby, we hold it very differently than we probably hold 
our partners, generally as an adult, we don't receive that kind of touch. We only receive touch when somebody wants something from us, when somebody wants sex from us, or when we want sex from somebody, then we touch. And so part of how to trigger our brain or trigger this bonding is to actually learn a different kind of giving, a different kind of touching. Um, and it's not so much about a technique. It's really about the come from and and your your energy where you're coming from. Yeah. Does that give you a little bit of an idea? And I hope this gives your listeners a little bit of an idea. Mm, absolutely. And that's fascinating. So, so really the, 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 the trick, so to speak, would be to be able to remain in gratitude and in that positive energy as much as possible. Mm-hmm, that's part of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and, then, and then making love in a different way also. Making okay, now you're making way. curious again. <laughs> <laughs> in, in what way? Uh, um, much slower so that we don't trigger the dopamine. And that's something that, you know, takes a little practice and a little time to learn where, you know, where you can feel like, like, oh, now I can feel that whenever you start to get like hungry and grabbing and grasping and like, um, selfish, that's when, you know, like you have to slow down and you're entering the dopamine territory. So it's, it's, it's a learning curve for every couple. It's different for everyone. And then the other thing that comes with this is if anybody or if somebody has had trauma when it comes to bonding, right? So if you as a child didn't bond properly with your parents or if your parents couldn't bond with you because they had trauma, um, and I don't know if you've ever had anybody on your podcast talking about attachment styles, and we might have touched upon that last time, I don't remember. Hmm. Um, But the attachment styles do play a role. So if anybody has um, unhealed attachment style stuff, then that, that plays a role in it too. So... So yes, it's it's learning these bonding behaviors and at the same time healing the attachments wounds that we have so that our nervous system, our subconscious feel like feels safe enough and trust that it's safe to bond. Right. If, if that doesn't have if, if if in the brain, um the brain doesn't feel safe or doesn't think it's safe for us to bond, then the oxytocin will not flow. <laughs> and no matter what we do, how much you know bonding behaviors we practice. Yeah, very true. That sense of safety. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Beautiful. Well, um, I would love to hear a little bit more as well, uh, Caroline, about how do we bring back our desire in a natural way? So away from the Viagra, away from any external stimulants. And how do we bring that sense of desire for each other in a relationship back in a natural way? Yeah, so interestingly enough, it's the same way. It's it's learning to trigger the oxytocin, right? So when people when couples where the desire has gone away, they keep trying to to get it out of the the dopamine paradigm basically. And and once you're in that paradigm and you've used it, it kind of loses its um loses its 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 power because dopamine thrives on novelty, right? And that's why mm. the, the, you see the things that you see out there. For bringing back the spark it will bring that back to spark but only in the in the dopamine paradigm which is very short-lived so teaching your brain to to switch over to the oxytocin will make it so that even we we have women in in our program um that are in the 60s and 70s that have gone through menopause 10 15 years ago they haven't really been feeling it um and of course might even be painful for them um, you know, their their vaginas are not naturally lubricating at all anymore. And within 
you know, short amount of time, like one month, two months of really doing these practices and getting help with, with healing the attachment stuff, their bodies start acting exactly the same way as when they were like 20 or 30, you know, like they're starting to have sexual feelings. They're starting to feel turned on. There's their bodies starting to lubricate naturally without having to do anything, without any friction, without having to do any stimulation. It just comes from the inner energy and from, from, you know, from your inner feelings and from the feelings that the couple can generate with each other from, from the loving feelings, which, you know, that that's really when, when sex is satisfying and, and, and sex also becomes satisfying again to us as women in that paradigm. For for a lot of women, sex becomes very dissatisfying when we just stay in the procreation paradigm because it feels like he's just rubbing one out, you know. Mm. <laughs> and and the, you know the guys don't know this; they feel a little differently there. Um, and for some guys, it also feels after a while it feels very unsatisfying because the woman's just there, like it's being you know he's she's she's doing her duties and all of that, but. The, the key is really um, the oxytocin. When the oxytocin and the bonding starts flowing, and normally we wouldn't think of, you know, bond like mother-child bond or this bonding system having to do anything with sexuality, but it actually does. And I believe that um, our bodies are really designed to make love a lot in this bonding-based paradigm and only have sex with orgasms when we want to make babies. And somehow it's totally gotten switched and we've totally lost this knowledge and it's very disempowering. For us because it keeps us stuck in making babies and on roller coasters and very disempowered you know when in this other way you know you totally are in power over your birth control and conscious conceptions and all those things i mean there's so much that's good about this other way mm. you know that i have a hard time believing that that was that wasn't the predominant way that our ancestors knew how to relate to each other and you know not constantly get pregnant and be in love and stay in love and have amazing, deeply connected unions. So very true. Absolutely. And, and really makes me think that perhaps there is a bigger agenda at play here that we've literally been conditioned and programmed yes. to, to move away from the oxytocin paradigm and heavily dive into that dopamine one, especially, yes. you know, with, with this whole, um, you know, porn agenda that is so widely available, yes. easily available to everyone through, yeah. through the internet now. And w would you agree with that? I 100% agree. I think it's an agenda. I think they know the people in power know exactly what they're doing. They know exactly that they can turn us into um, drooling sheeps in a sense, you know, where we're just like dopamine is 13 times more addictive than heroin, mm. you know, wow. and um, it's a widely accepted addiction, you know. Heroin, like if 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 it was seen as heroin, it would not, you know, you know, it's it's fairly normal that people watch porn. There's like nobody, you know, nobody says anything. There's nothing illegal about it. <laughs> it should be, in my opinion, you know, and may, hopefully it will become, because it really reduces, especially. I mean, well, I used to think it's just men, but I've seen studies recently that there's actually more porn use in women than men, even. But it reduces us to our animal nature and keeps us stuck there in a sense and, you know, subdued, really, mm -hmm. not in our power. When we bond, when we have the bonding, we don't need that much. You know, we're like, it makes us so happy. Yes, we need our shelter and our car and stuff, but we don't need all the substitute. We don't, we don't need all the substitutes that you can buy for money and there's nothing wrong with money, but um, yeah, it's, mm. it's, 
when you have bonding-based lovemaking, a consumerism will probably um, go down. <laughs> mm. Wow, it really is incredible how all-pervasive this this agenda is and yes. how, how we just don't even begin to question it unless yeah. we have some sort of an awakening or something nudges or something big happens um, so that I, our eyes really truly open. And yeah, and you can and you can really see that it's an agenda because they are suggesting now to teach even you know second and third graders how to masturbate and have sexual education so they know you know and even there's um, agendas that talk about giving children sex partners so they can learn to be sexual and it's like it's wild. Yeah, it's wild. So, you know, so that that's to me that's just total proof that they know exactly what they're doing and. Um, Luckily, there's enough opposition, and I'm feel I feel very confident that will not happen. <laughs> oh, I truly hope so. I truly, truly hope so. Um, sometimes it feels like the agenda is uh, gaining momentum rather than weakening momentum. But uh, yeah, you're yeah. right. I think more and more people are waking up, and I mean, yeah, absolutely. All you have to do is look at some of the textbooks that are yeah. available nowadays in in schools, especially in the states, and I think increasingly yeah. elsewhere as well. But it yeah. really it's quite horrendous to to yeah. see what's inside those books. Yep. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, we've kind of started going down <laughs> a bit of a <laughs> bit of a rabbit hole here, Caroline. But, um... but the, so the 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 you know the positive side is, correct. We have this bonding based lovemaking. The knowledge is available to us. Spread the word. I'm very passionate about bringing this to schools and parents and. You know, just spreading the knowledge about that this is here. And I feel very, I feel very, you know, very encouraged and positive about people looking in for something else and finding this. And because it's it's ultimately up to us, you know, to make these changes. And yeah, yeah. that's that's exactly it. It is up to us. And as you were talking about this, um, the oxytocin paradigm and what literally happens inside our bodies when we start to work consciously work with that paradigm and work with ourselves yeah. it, it literally feels like there's this fountain of life that starts to bubble up yes. inside our bodies mm -hmm. yeah. yeah and so to bring it back to you know the feminine power um it is hugely empowering when when you know how to regulate your energy when you know how to regulate your hormones and when you can be at your best you know health-wise and um, mental clarity wise and focus wise wise and intuition wise and open heart feeling wise and you know yeah mm, absolutely yeah wow beautiful well Carolyn thank you so much for sharing all of this I mean this is really vital information it really truly is vital information for all of us to have and if our listeners wanted to connect with you and start learning more about bonding-based lovemaking where would they go best way is my website it's just my name carolyn hauser and then the same on facebook we have a free facebook group when you go to my facebook profile you'll you'll see the link to the facebook group i do most 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 weeks i do a training in there Sometimes it's twice a month and not weekly, but lots of free resources in there and great community and growing the tribe <laughs> on Facebook. Yep. Fantastic. Yeah, that's what's needed right now. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Caroline, again for coming through to the show. And I, I really, really appreciate this, this embodied wisdom that you carry and hold and, and share so eloquently and beautifully about as well. So thank you for all that you do.
Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Now, everybody, just for a moment, let's focus our intention and our awareness on this really empowering energy that's being activated. And imagine sending this to everyone and everything on our planet to remember that we are all truly one and that the more of us have the courage to step into our sacred feminine power and really consciously move into that oxytocin paradigm, the more quickly our planet will also ascend and heal. Thanks so much for listening.